and welcome once again to the Soccer OG World Cup Daily, here every day throughout the World Cup. My name is Max Bretos. You can hear us in audio form where all podcasts are available, or you can join us right here on YouTube on my page, Max Bretos. Thanks for joining in. Ask questions. I'd be happy to, uh, to churn out some answers for you, if you will, in the, in the question section there in YouTube. And we are moving forward this weekend at the World Cup. We saw the cream rise to the top after a crazy knockout sta- uh, group stages. Now we get to the knockouts. And look, this was a tournament that I certainly felt, and we still have a shot. We have Japan, Morocco, Korea, the Swiss as underdogs tomorrow. But, you know, not, looking at the non-European teams, we have three coming up Monday and Tuesday. And you'd like to see one get in there because Argentina made it through. They're not European, but you have France, England, and uh, the Netherlands. Uh, the all those teams, with the exception of the Netherlands, have won. The Netherlands are the hard luck loser. They're going to win a World Cup here. Maybe this time. Who knows? They, uh, they certainly they haven't. You know, think about the Dutch. They haven't exuded too much energy compared to other teams. And uh, that could bode well. They haven't exuded a lot of energy, but still kept that core intact. They haven't had to make wholesale changes, but it feels like they haven't gone to a higher gear. So we're not going to have the USA or Senegal as uh, the underdogs faded away. And I, I wonder if... We talk about the USA maybe winning a World Cup or an African country. Remember Pele, and by the way, we wish Pele all the best. We're hearing conflicting news about his health. We're sending all the good energy his way. But, you know, he said that he expected an African team, he said it 24 years ago or so, to win a World Cup. That hasn't happened. And then USA or African teams or an Asian team, they're not even getting close. It's that core group of European teams, and it is the, the, also the uh, Argentina-Brazil. I can't include Uruguay. I know they won a couple World Cups, but that was 70 years ago. You can't really I- include Uruguay right now because they are off the back tire of those six or seven European teams and Brazil and Argentina. So I think we have to reassess and say the goal is a semifinal. Because no one's making semis. Sometimes they make a quarter. Korea made a semi in 2002. Uruguay made one in 2010. I think we can include that. But by and large, uh, Croatia, obviously. But again, part of that UEFA machine, I don't know. So it's a big question. I'd love to see the surprises. I also like to see England, France, and Brazil, Argentina in the quarters. But I want, I, I'm, I'm wishing some good energy for those teams. Here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily, also a reminder to check us out on our social media handles. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And uh, we'll have a lot of good uh, content for you guys there. Please like and subscribe. The U.S. are out. We'll talk about the games from the weekend here shortly. But the U.S. is out. And you didn't think we were going to stop talking about it. So yesterday we recapped the game against the Dutch. Now we're looking forward. We'll have a, we'll have a discussion about Greg Berhalter once we hear more information about what he might be doing next. I don't know if there's a decision coming out anytime soon. I mentioned for Greg Berhalter that there is the possibility of going to coach a European team. It's much more compelling, right? And a lot of people laughed at me and said he's going straight back to MLS. I don't think so. Greg Berhalter has dipped his toe in the European leagues, and I imagine he is looking at what is happening with Jesse Marsh, and he wants to follow a similar trajectory, which he can. He may start in uh, the Austrian league or something of the equivalent and work his way up. He has a great contacts in Europe, 
We've seen uh, some of the features with Fox, how that good relationship with Gareth Southgate, that will all help. It helped Jesse Marsh. I think that's what's next for Greg Berhalter, but we'll confirm that a little bit. He has to see if someone's gonna make an offer. Um, people aren't shying away from coach, American coaches now, as we have seen, because there's been a, a good amount of success with those coaches. So we'll talk about that a little bit later, but what does the US do? And it's really two prong from this point forward, three and a half years to where they uh, will host the World Cup in 2026. And the first prong is, what do you do on the talent? And what do you do on the other prong? How do you prepare for it? Talent-wise, great core returns. Obviously, Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic, Serginho Dess, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, uh, Joe Scali. Then you, don't forget you have those defenders that uh, are going to be back from injury. Miles Robinson. You also have uh, Austin Trusty, who I rate very highly, and Chris Richards. So you have some good center backs. Uh, it looks good. And you, you, I think you can certainly uh, approach the depth issue, which was an issue, uh, with uh, some of the, uh, the players that will be coming up. We don't know. Some of the young players in MLS that will be coming through the pipes, like a Brendan Aronson and a Tyler Adams that will eventually move to Europe. Obed Vargas, midfielder. At Seattle, I like a lot. Caleb Wiley at Atlanta. Cade Cowell, Jack McGlynn. There's some good ones. And Gaga Slonina. So the talent's going to keep coming. There's no reason to think that that uh, conveyor belt's going to stop between now and 2026. We are in it, and uh, there is a euphoria about young American players. European teams are well into that market. Now you have uh, those, those guys that can join the leftovers. Obviously, guys like Tim Ream and I imagine probably Walker Zimmerman and some others won't be uh, part of this squad moving ahead. Uh, it's promising everywhere, right? I mean, goalkeeper, center backs, wide players, midfielders on the defensive and the attacking side. The big problem, though, is forward. We can't score goals. We don't really create that many chances either. But the three forwards, Jesus Ferreira, Josh Sargent, and uh, Haji Wright. Uh, a little success, I would say, with Sargent. Haji Wright had that goal in the last game. Jesus Ferreira didn't play enough, but what we saw of him was not good. Uh, Jesus Ferreira has... Sargent has the highest ceiling. Ferreira's right behind him, but it, I, he would probably have to go to Europe. He's very comfortable in Major League Soccer. But he, and he knows you'll have to evolve and get uh, in a better surrounding there to, to, push that, to push his agenda. Ricardo Pepe, we can't forget him. Off the boil a bit, doing very well in the Dutch League, but you can't ignore the year or so before that where he wasn't able to score. So I don't think it's an issue. Put Ricardo Pepe with that nine shirt and let him take us the way in 23-24. It's, it, it's, it's much like the other guys. Sergeant. I, I, he has the talent and the skill, but there are a lot of questions. And we, you know, he doesn't look like a, he's not a menacing forward, and I don't think he has the presence up there. He's a nice option, but in a tournament where you have to score goals, you've got to find it somewhere else. Now, there are no young American strikers that we have seen. There are a couple on the fringe, but it's not really, it's not that promising. And that's the top of the list. So, U.S. has been very successful at naturalizing players. You have to give Greg Berhalter, uh, uh, should say the dual nationals, you have to give Greg Berhalter some credit there by getting Serginho Dest away from the Dutch, by getting Eunice Musa away from the English. 
There has been and some a couple other players along the way. Those guys are instrumental and you've got to approach it. Maybe one day we will have a whole national team with guys from the U.S., from Dallas and New Jersey and the Midwest and California. We just, we don't, we can't really do that. And why would you shy away from it? So with that said, the big name out there is Fularen Balogun, who uh, is on loan with Stade de Reim in the league, in the French league, on loan from Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal already talking about this could be the guy that comes up and is the striker for currently the first place team in England. So Balogun has eight goals and two assists in the French league. You know, Kylian Mbappe leads it with 12, Neymar 11. He's, I think, tied for six. He's having a great year there and really growing what you want to see. He was born in New York. Uh, while his family was visiting, his aunt lives there or lived there. I'm not sure I have to check up on that. And he was born there. So there's a little bit of an American tie, but it's very thin. He's an English kid. Grew up in London. Uh, his parents are Nigerian. He has said that he is going to make a decision very soon. And that decision would be whether you represent England, USA, and Nigeria. I would think if he keeps scoring and he ends up with Arsenal, he's going to represent England. If we're going to talk about the English here in a moment. They were spectacular. And it's an exciting team to be part of. Uh, I'm not saying it's like, hey, the U.S. get the scraps. They really need to push for him because he's a natural goal scorer and a very, very high talent. And he's had all that coaching at the Arsenal Academy. So he's, uh, he's represented England at the youth ranks. That is one to keep an eye on. We'll keep tabs on the talent coming through. Now, the other prong is getting ready for the World Cup. Remember, there's not going to be any qualifying. So those games that regardless of what you think, get you ready for the World Cup against Mexico and now with Canada. Those are really good. They're, uh, they've already qualified, so there's not going to be that process because they're hosting. So they got to fill up their calendar. And it's going to be hard. You can't really mix in with the uh, UEFA teams. The Nations League has really separated them all. And the eyes turn to South America. Now, Argentina and Brazil did get some games for with European teams. Very smart. And there they are. So when you're looking at the national team picture between now and 2026 there's going to be a Copa America in 2024. Copa America is competed with the 10 teams from South America and then maybe some guests. The U.S. hosted it what was it 2016 was it 20? I can't I forgot my dates. Uh, made the semifinals and it was a great it was a real great success story. Now I we don't know if they're going to do it but I have some very good sources that say that's a done deal. USA and Mexico, and I'm not sure who else are, it is going to happen. And it's hard to believe it won't happen. But, you know, I, you know, I ask around, and nothing confirmed, I'm not breaking stories, but I've heard people go, yeah, it's, it's happening. They're just working out the final issues. So I'm going to assume it is happening, so we don't have to worry too much about that. And that's a great step. Now, when this happens, and if you want to get in relationships, maybe one day where South America and CONCACAF qualify together, that would be great for the U.S., and Mexico, I mean, they, it's an expanded World Cup. I don't think you have to worry about not qualifying. Maybe that's on the cards. Maybe the Copa Libertadores, where you have a club competition. And the we have the CONCACAF Champions League, where MLS teams, Liga MX teams can go play Boca Juniors, Santos, Flamengo, uh, Palmeiras. Fantastic. Now, the travel is... <laughs> Absolutely mind-blowing. So I don't know. Logistically, it just can't match. So if you go from the U.S. to Argentina, it's what, a 12, 13-hour trip? I always thought if you could make a relationship with Brazil, it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, the Brazilian league has uh, their 
has their card punched pretty thoroughly as is. All those Brazilian teams have 70, 80 games, 70 games a year. So the Copa Libertadores makes sense. Now, the way you have to look at this is the U.S. and Mexico aren't groveling to South America because South America has its problems as we've seen at this World Cup. Argentina, Brazil, Brazil here. No other South American teams are around. No other South American teams made the round of 16. Peru failed to make it through the playoff, losing to Australia, which doesn't look so bad of a loss now after what the Australians did. And Colombia missed out. That's a huge miss. The leagues in South America are struggling other than the Brazilian league. If you look at the Copa Libertadores, the Brazilian teams are dominating. There's not enough money in Argentina and Chile. Ecuador has shown some signs of life that there is some investment there. But by and large, it's not really on the cards. So, the U.S. and Mexico have to hold a, a strong front because Comebol really benefits from those two countries. Comebol has Brazil and Argentina. They don't get a real push from Ecuador or Uruguay or Chile or Paraguay, Venezuela, Bolivia. Those countries are way down. And none of them have really benefited from being in this region with Brazil and Argentina. The, the haves have separated from the have-nots and it was really visible here. So... South America needs USA and Mexico. A combined Copa America is huge. So it's coming down to money. And Comebol, which I think also gave a, had to uh, concede to the United States who made a lot of money in the Copa America, they don't want to give away their tournaments, right? So if the Comebol gives you the high and mighty, you got to push back. You don't just say, yes, yes, yes. You got to get part of the money because you are a big draw. The other thing is nobody wants to host the Copa America. Apparently, Ecuador wants to pull out of 2024. And they're, they're sparsely, uh, uh, sparsely attended. And logistically, especially after the pandemic, has been really bad in South America. The U.S. doesn't have that problem. You'll get visitors. You'll get tourists. Plus, you can use 2024 if it is held up here. It's going to be a relief for South America to give it to the USA or Mexico. That it could be a uh, dress rehearsal for the World Cup. You have a, a gold cup in 2023, you have a gold cup in 2025, you have the Olympics. I think the Olympics now you, you play a, a more talented team because at this point you have to grab onto anything. Although I think the Olympic soccer tournament is by and large uh, redundant. It's, but there's nothing else, so go in there and you'll probably get some good games. But I get it. The Copa America is the key and it looks like it's going to happen and the U.S. will... Uh, will get better. But that's not the, 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 end all, the, the end all here. There needs to be more games. They have to get good matchups. Look at uh, the teams that have, uh, have hosted a World Cup that didn't have to qualify. They generally, you know, it doesn't always end great for them either. You need qualifying, but you can uh, mask it in certain ways. We'll continue to talk about the U.S. and what they do next with regards with Greg Berhalter, with this team, looks very good. Let's not get discouraged. It's a very promising situation right now and what they do for their schedule, which they are going to have to fill up. They have some games in January already, so there is a chance. I mean, the next World Cup will be here sooner than you think. I mean, this thing flew. We were four and a half years away and we got here. There you have it. We will uh, continue our discussion coming up next here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily. A full look back at all the Sunday action. England, Senegal, France, Poland. We will preview the games for Monday. Japan, Croatia, Brazil, Korea. Will we get a surprise? I hope so. Soccer OG World Cup Daily. Where all podcasts can be found right here on YouTube.
we are back. Let's get into these games. England defeating Senegal 3-0 to move on to the quarterfinals. England have not really been tested. They had that game against the U.S., which was scoreless. Other than that, they're pouring in goals. They have 12 goals in four games. They had those two goals against in the Iran game, which was kind of a sloppy ending. But otherwise, they have been uh, unbreachable. And they will move on to the quarterfinals. And Gareth Southgate, who was heavily criticized, he's constantly criticized about his lineups. He got it right. People are going, bring in Marcus Rashford. He kept Rashford on the bench. He kept Jordan Henderson in the 11. He brought in Phil Foden. Raheem Sterling had to leave the World Cup after there was a home robbery. Uh, Sterling apparently was pretty shook, so he went back to join his family. Not sure if he'll be back. I hope he does. Uh, this looks like it's going to be another great run for the English but Gareth Southgate's getting it right. Now, England was a punchline for so long. When they made the semis in 1990, didn't make the World Cup in 94, and then from 98, 2002, 2006, 2010, 2014, it was always about big hype and underperforming with superstar players. You know them all, and Beckham and Gerrard and Lampard. The list goes on and on, Wayne Rooney. And they never achieved it, and we laughed at it. Go, here we go, the overconfidence of the England. This English team. Well, Gareth Southgate has changed all that. 2018 made uh, a semi-final at the World Cup. 2020, 2021, Euros made the final. And now he's made the quarterfinal. So that's a big money manager. He is the most successful manager in the history of English football. Uh, can he, if he gets, I mean, well, what can you say? I, I think they have a shot against the French, uh, but we will see. Just because they look so good. And Jude Bellingham... Uh, his influence, he's taken charge of that midfield. He was involved in the Jordan Henderson goal. He was involved in the Harry Kane goal. By the way, Harry Kane, that was his first goal. This team scored 12 and Kane has scored one. Doesn't that tell you something? I mean, he has knocked it out of the park with this team, talking about Southgate. Great job picking the 11. I mean, Henderson, they wanted out. He scored a goal. And Jude Bellingham is he's incorporated and he looks like one of the players of the tournament. And now everyone's talking about a Kylian Mbappe-Jude uh, Bellingham matchup. And we can't wait to see it. As I said, I like the surprise results. I would have loved to have seen a Poland-Senegal game. But we get England-France now. It's going to be so good. The stars, the, the level. And this, that's why these countries are, you know, I, I was a little naive thinking that some of these teams could get in. But in reality, they, uh, it hasn't been the case. So... We get the class. The cream has risen to the top. Is a Racho man Randy Savage once famously said, the cream has risen to the top. And now we have this quarterfinal. Um, Bakaya Saka scored as well. But to me, it's, it's a collective effort. But Jude Bellingham, 19 years of age, first player to score an assist at the World Cup before the age of 20 since Lionel Messi did it back in 2006. France, Poland. Uh, by the way, I, let me... Go back here really quickly to Senegal. Jordan Pickford made an incredible save in the 31st minute. Senegal came out organized. They were playing well. And then they made a mistake. And then England ran away with it. But there was a great save by Pickford. And if that went in, maybe we're talking a little differently. Because Senegal looked really complete. A clean game. Until it wasn't. There we go. Uh, down to one African team. We'll see them on Tuesday, Morocco. France beat Poland 3-1. Poland came out great in this game. Uh, I thought that was the best they played in uh, this World Cup, going at the French, pressing. 
We've seen teams press uh, and play an intense level and they've generally been rewarded. We saw that with Saudi Arabia against Argentina. We saw that with Australia against Argentina. And instead of just sitting back, Japan sits back, but they have been razor sharp in getting through. Poland, I was pretty shocked at the way they did it. They had a great chance early on. Uh, they could have taken the lead here. And again, it could have been much different because then they could have changed their tactics. But I love to see that. I think these teams are getting rewarded, even though Poland didn't. Right at the end of the half, Olivier Giroud scoring uh, as uh, he is on top of the heaps now as a French scorer. Kylian Mbappe, 74th. And then again, the 91st minute. Kylian Mbappe is just uh, a force of nature. And what an incredible teammate to play with. So you're sitting there and Mbappe is running dragging defenders with them. And all of a sudden, there's this space for other guys. And they had their first, they had that front three of Mbappe, Giroud, Griezmann, Dembele. They brought them all back after the Tunisia defeat. Kylian Mbappe, this is his World Cup. We love to see Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, but no one is, is having a bigger impact than Mbappe. He was asked about, do you want to win the golden ball, the top scorer at the World Cup? And he said, no, my object, only objective is to win the World Cup. He's locked in. And he's getting better, which was incredible because when you saw him at 17, 18, 19, you wondered if he'd go off the tracks a bit. Not the case. And now he's uh, pushing forward with uh, five goals here. And he has nine World Cup goals, which has pulled him level with Just Fontaine as a top scorer in France. This is a superb, superb talent playing very well. And now France, after the, being the first team to make the knockouts of the reigning champion for since 2006, now into the quarterfinals, and you got to like their chances for the semis. We'll talk about that prediction later, but everyone's looking forward to that. The World Cup certainly getting really, really good. Part of it is the, the cream rising to the top. Good job by Poland, and they got a goal late. Uh, they had a good comp. This is a good tournament for them. So the game's on Monday, Japan-Croatia, 7 a.m. Pacific time. I'm hoping we get a Japan-Korea quarterfinal. Japan have a shot. Korea, it's, uh, it's not looking as well as likely we'll get to that. They're a big underdog. Fourth knockout stage for Japan. They have uh, never made a quarterfinal. This feels like their best chance. The reason is they won the group. So you get Croatia. You don't get uh, a, a big powerhouse team instead uh, even though Spain got Morocco, so I guess maybe finishing second. But generally, you win the group, you, you improve your chances. Croatia were the runners up in a Group G behind Morocco, so they got here. Croatia, I mean, we've been praising them, but they uh, have had two scoreless games against Belgium, and they had the scoreless game against Morocco. They just had the, the moment where it was pushed through against Canada, the John Herdman game. Uh, Japan have been succeeding with very little of the ball. 32% possession, but what they do, they let you play. Croatia likes to play. They have a great midfield of Brozovic and Kovacic and Luka Modric. Modric is a yellow card away from being suspended. He's got to be leery about that. And Japan will let them play, and they will punish you. Great second-half team coming from behind to beat Germany, coming from behind to beat Spain. This is the real deal for Japan. Ritsu Doan has two goals. Three of the four goals from Japan have been scored by substitutes. It's big time. Uh, this is their moment. Hajime Moriyasu, he knows he has a team that just doesn't stop. And it'll be interesting to see if, if, if they fall behind. You, you can't assume it's over because Japan have been a second half team. Maybe the best second half team in Qatar. Uh, 
We also had them coming back after that ball was over the line. Remember this whole sphere discussion? I'm so glad that's in the, our rearview mirror. Al Tanaka scored it there. There's some good players. The Yuto Nagatomo saying, we have to show the samurai spirit. And they have it. A lot of European-based players. Croatia, Josko Gvardiol, the 20-year-old defender, has been top, top level uh, right there. Is one of the best defenders in this competition. Everyone's going to want to sign his name here on the contract. Chelsea has been mentioned at the top of that list. Uh, and I also want to say this about Croatia because it's really incredible what they've done. They reached the World Cup final. They always make the knockouts in these tournaments. There's 4 million Croats. It's the smallest country in the round of 16 and really one of the smallest countries in the World Cup. When you look at Mexico and Turkey and Nigeria and these countries have these huge populations. And Croatia does it with less. Serbia's out, so Croatia and the Balkans, they can puff their chest out. They are the bull of the woods when it comes to that part of the world. Uh, keep an eye on Ivan Perisic. And you figure that Croatia's do some goals because of those scoreless games. I, they should have lost to Belgium. Belgium and Romelu Lukaku just couldn't finish, so... That'll be a good one. And then we move on to Brazil and Korea. Brazil losing to Cameroon on that Vincent Abubakar goal. Uh, Brazil were 20, 22 shots. They just couldn't convert. But they have had a problem scoring goals. They have uh, three goals in the competition. The Abubakar was the first goal conceded. They lean into their defense. Neymar hasn't been around. He has been cleared to play. Chiche saying, yes, yes, he will be available, whether that means he starts or comes off the bench, I think if he's available, he plays and he has to play. Uh, this, this dialogue people are having about how Brazil could be better without Neymar, that is absolute science fiction. They are better with Neymar. He will be there with the guys, probably Hichalison and Vinicius. He plays very well with Lucas Paqueta, so I don't know if that can possibly bring him in. We shall see. Now, their depth has been hit because Alex Teles and... Uh, Gabriel Jesus injured and out. They have a long injury list. I think some of these guys are coming back in Danilo and um, Alexandro. So uh, Brazil learned, they got a lot of grief for defending or for playing the nine changes against Cameroon. A lot of grief in the Brazilian papers. Uh, they're not happy. So Neymar has to come back and those, the second team of Brazil probably seen their last featured moment here, barring more injuries. Uh, we shall see. Um, Rafinha could certainly get in there as well, though. The Brazil lineup is going to be breathtaking when it comes out. And I think Neymar is going to get in there, which should be very good. But they got to score goals. Three goals for Brazil. Been pretty economical. Uh, they've had chances. They've got to finish. But, you know, Serbia, they had to sweat it through. They lost the Cameroon game, the Swiss game, and they had to sweat it through a little bit. It is certainly time for Brazil to turn on those warm jets. And uh, they, uh, Thiago Silva saying, uh, we took risks against Cameroon. I think they're going to be a very clean, not so risky game. Korea, my rooting interest now. I'll be excited watching that game. They uh, got through with that incredible victory over Portugal, which to me looks like they, I mean, they exuded, they exuded so much energy in the Ghana game. They were emotionally uh, uh, completely empty after that game. They got back against Portugal and they were able to get the victory. And everyone's crying. It felt like it was like the end of the road because now they have to play Brazil. They're happy they made the round of 16. They're dealing with so many concerns. Sun Hyung Min, that face mask, he hasn't been the same player even though he had the assist for Huang Hee Chan. 
on the game winner, which is, you watch that again if you get a chance. Watch it from the very beginning. They have this huge counterattack. Song Hyung Min bombing on one side, Huang Hee Chan, and they perfectly nutmeg, and it went in. Uh, Huang is available, ready to go, and we hope we've seen the best for Song Hyung Min. He's just been out of sorts. He's, as I said last time we talked about Korea, he's playing some hero ball, and he's got to get his teammates involved because they're good. We've seen uh, Cho Yu Sung and now Huang getting involved. There are going to be some, some big spots there. Paulo Bento, whose emotions were on the sleeve in that Portugal game, he's Portuguese, said, I am a realist. I have told the players this is a tough objective. When you have the coach saying that and you have the, the emotional drain front and center, I think this is going to be very difficult for Korea. We're due a surprise result. They, uh... Oh, by the way, Brazil, zero first half goals. Zero first half goals. Kim Min Jai, the most important player for Korea, didn't play against Portugal because of a calf injury. And he said, I am ready to play even at the cost of getting more seriously injured. So that quote tells me he's not playing because it's not his call. No coach is going to sign off. Are you okay? You might get injured again. If we'll talk to the doctors, it's not happening. They managed pretty well without him, but he's such a dynamic defender. Uh, and you want to see him involved because he, he's more than just defending. He gets this team going as well, certainly if that is required from the back. I'm hoping for Japan-Korea because the Asian teams have done well. We saw Australia. We saw Saudi Arabia to a lesser degree. Iran. But Japan and Korea, what a great moment. Remember, they co-hosted in 2002. Korea made the semifinals. Japan made the round of 16. Uh, they didn't go further than that. This would be an incredible matchup if we see it. But it's Brazil and Croatia. I think Japan makes it. Obviously, I think Brazil will be too strong in the end for a, a team that I think is pretty drained, uh, but gave their country so much to cheer about. The Soccer OG World Cup Daily. We'll have a big week coming, so stay tuned. Check us out here on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. Check us out where all podcasts are available for our audio format, and we will wrap up. We're gonna wrap, getting ready to wrap up the round of 16, and then we're going to have some days off, but not here. We'll keep it going. <laughs>